We are back. We are back. If it is Tuesday, it is time for another episode of Untapped Potential right here on TDN Radio. So thank you for tuning in to Untapped Potential for today, uh, Tuesday, August 10th. I am Simone Matthew, and it is wonderful to be in your company for another episode of Untapped Potential. I hope that your week is after a fantastic start and of course, you know, we have so much going on in the world today. We have the increasing number of cases of COVID-19 in Dominica, unfortunately. In addition to that, we also have a couple of active um, systems, weather systems in the Caribbean region um, this week. So, you know, we have a lot going on, but we are thankful. We are grateful for life. And before we can even get started today, I just want to say congratulations to the two young people who represented Dominica so very well at the Olympics. Unfortunately, they did not medal, but we are still very proud that we had two young people represent us at the Olympics. So again, I hope that your week is off to a great start, that you're having a productive day. This is the place we come each and every Tuesday to get powered up for the week ahead. So I'm happy that you're joining me this evening for another Power Up Tuesday. As we talked about last week, our guest this week is none other than Dr. Valda Henry, and I know that you will truly enjoy the experiences that she has been through and how it has led her to the current position that she just uh, achieved. So I hope that you will stay tuned for this interview, and then of course, don't forget to stay until the end of the program to find out who our next guest will be, because we're always so so proud to bring you the best of the Caribbean. So we traverse the entire Caribbean, the entire world to bring you the best of who we are, to showcase our talent, to showcase our skills, to showcase uh, all the great people who are of Caribbean heritage. So stay tuned until the end of the program to find out who's next, to find out our featured video, and also for our goal-setting tip, because, you know, we spend so much time working on those all-important goals. We spend so much time working on work and our careers. So to Today, I thought we would take a listen to the importance of just taking a break, taking that nice, refreshing walk outside, preferably with a friend, a family member, or even a co-worker. Many of us are back to the offices right now, so just the importance of taking that break. So again, thank you for being here. A special good evening to you, and thank you for joining us, as always, on Untapped Potential right here on CDN Radio. So as we get started, let's enjoy this number. Uh, Jah shall wash away the tears from our eyes by Grams Morgan, since we know that so many of us are in pain for one reason or the other. I want you to always remember that where there is life, there is hope. So whatever you may be experiencing at this time, just always keep in mind that this too shall pass. So sometimes we become so overwhelmed 
with our daily situation, a bad relationship, you know, uh, financial difficulties, uh, disease, medical conditions. But I always want you to remember that this too shall pass. Stay in faith, stay in hope, and lean on someone you can rely on. So again, let's enjoy this number. Ja shall wash away the tears from our eyes as we get ready to bring in Dr. Valde Henry. And I must remind you that our interviews are taped via Facebook Live. And if we don't get to the end of the interview this evening, I will be sure to post the rest of her interview on my website, pushpast10.com. So we may not be able to get to the entire length of the interview due to time restraints, but I will be sure to post the rest, the video, and the rest of the interview on my website so you can truly enjoy everything that we talked about. So enjoy this number as we welcome Dr. Valda Henry to the program. the latest sponsor of Untapped Potential. Annette is an innovator, she's a trailblazer, and she's 
always looking for an opportunity to advance herself. So thank you, Annette, for being our latest sponsor of Untapped Potential. And for more information about Annette, the author, you can visit her page at sammythebunny.com. So again, that is sammythebunny.com. And Annette is now also a consultant for Touchstone Jewelry. So for more information, you can contact her via her website, sammythebunny.com. And again, we say a special good evening to you, Annette. And we say thank you for believing in the work that we do here uh, through Untapped Potential. And thank you for signing on as a sponsor to the program. Push past 10 Nation, check in. We are here. We are here once again to bring you another inspirational guest, to bring you another uh, motivational guest, to bring you someone who represents Dominica so very well. So check in. Let us know where you're joining us from. And we want to wish you a very happy day. I hope your day is off to an incredible start. So as you come in, remember to to tag a few people and share the live as we are joined today by Dr. Valda Henry. And you must have heard the news by now that she's the first ECCB, first female deputy governor. So she is making all of us so proud to be Dominican today. And she's taking some time off of her busy schedule to be with us today to just share about her experiences to date and to tell us all about this important position. So come on in, check in. Don't forget to share the live. Don't forget to tag someone. And of course, we say a very special thank you to our sponsor, TDN Radio, for providing this platform where we are able to come by and bring you such wonderful motivational guests. So again, come on in as we welcome Dr. Valda Henry to the program. So with that, we say good morning, Dr. Henry. How are you? Good morning. Good morning to you, um, Simone, and to all your listeners. I'm wonderful this morning. Giving God thanks, as I always do. Yes, yes. And thank you so much for uh, joining us on such short notice. I can imagine with this transition that you have a lot to do. Yeah. So I want to personally thank you for taking a, an hour out of your day, a couple of minutes out of your day, simply to join us to tell us about this wonderful new opportunity. Yes. Yes. So by way of introduction, just tell us a little bit about you, uh, a little bit about your upbringing, where you were born and raised in Dominica, and just anything you would like to share. And then I will go ahead and share your bio with our audience. Well, I'm from the village of Maho. I was actually born in the village. So I always say I didn't, wasn't born in the hospital and then came to town. In <laughs> fact, um, where I was born, at, we lived, at the time, um, it's not the Maho market, but also was there and then shortly after my father built a house lower down and then we moved there so i was born in maho i went to the maho government school i left maho around 13 when i went to live with my elder sister cornelia and her husband um former president his excellency williams um i went to the convent high school dominic um, Cifocol at the time now dominica state college went to ue manchester business school warwick business school I say that I'm a teacher. That's my vocation. My vocation is to teach. I have a passion for good governance. I have a passion for young people. I have, I love people generally. I think I just, um, I love people. 
and um, I am the mother of one son, and I am also like a second mother to a little daughter. So mm -hmm. I have a son, and you can see little daughter. Um, I have I come from a big family. I am the last of eleven of my mother's children. I and twenty of twenty-five, I think, of my father's children. Twenty or twenty-one. Um, my family is like my bedrock, you know, you know, that's, I always say to the persons, my family is like Christ alive to me. And that's who you can go to. They're always there. Um, they put you straight too, but, um, they're always there. You can always count on them. And we have really been close as a family. Um, all my father's children, because my father always said he didn't have, we didn't have half brothers and half sisters. We had brothers and we had sisters because he didn't have half children. And so we grew up as a, a whole big extended family and that has continued to this day. Um, I have many nephews and nieces and now grandnephews and grandnieces. And I'm just, I think, a simple, thankful little person. Yes, yes, and thank you for sharing that. Now, I think it isn't so, so important in terms of getting to know you. So let me go ahead and read a little bit about your bio so we can get a full understanding of who you are. So Valda Frederica Henry is VF Inc.'s Chief Executive Officer and Principal Trainer. She served as a Senior Investment Officer at the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank and played an instrumental role in the restructuring of the investment unit and the development of the investment management framework of the bank. She has lectured in, among other subjects, human resource management and accounting, and has an extensive experience in organizational reviews, job analysis, and job descriptions. Working with companies in the Caribbean and served as the coordinator of the administrative reform program of the Commonwealth of Dominica. She has served as a mentor for executive and middle managers in many sectors, including banking, hospitality, and utility. Valda is also a global human resources and organizational development expert who excels at collaboration with very strong interpersonal communications, leadership, and decision-making skills. She has developed and led numerous multi-year personal and professional development programs for the youth in Dominica. Very important. I want to come back to that later, Dr. Henry, as well as individuals and businesses throughout the Caribbean. She hosted a weekly radio and twice monthly television programs on which she discussed solutions uh, to challenges faced by businesses in the region. She writes a column, Business and Life, for the online newspaper, Dominica News Online. This is so important. I want to read everything, Dr. Henry, because this is very important in terms of inspiring uh, those who, like, who would like to aspire in their career. Valda holds formal qualifications in financial analysis and planning, governance and business management. She is a chartered financial an analyst, holds a PhD in industrial relations and business, master's of business administrations, bachelor's in management and bachelor's in law. She is a certified global professional in human resources, so Society for Human Resource Management, senior certified professional and an accredited director. She is also a certified ProNet trainer and a Myers-Briggs type indicator MBTI practitioner and a certified trainer trainer for InfoDev and the Women Innovatives Network in the Caribbean. Dr. Henry, very impressive. We are so honored to have you here with us today. Thank you, thank you for having yes, me. So, yes, so we have a lot to share on um, today, but before we even talk about your new opportunity, and just from reading your bio, I think we can certainly see how you were able to secure this position. But before we even get there, let's just talk about your previous experiences, how your professional career started, and kind of just walk us a little bit through your professional experiences and what got you to the point of where you are today. 
Well, I always said I am a teacher. In fact, when I was, if you ask me what I wanted to be, I always said a teacher, but I always added I wanted to be a teacher with a difference. Um, I saw as, you know, at the time when we left school, you know, high school and everybody wanted to, who wanted to go to the bank and who wanted to go wherever and wherever. I wanted to go to teaching, but I always said to my friends, I didn't see myself like really having a job job. I wanted to, I saw myself going to different companies and different places and different countries and going to organizations and getting them to do it better, work better, you know. But at the time, I didn't have a name for it. That It was called consulting. That was when I was about 14, 15, 16. And so I did know I always wanted to do that. And I always said in order to do that, I wanted to be at the best. I wanted to be not just an ordinary teacher, but a teacher who um, excelled and encouraged others to excel. So I always knew from very early I was going to do a PhD. I knew that like I knew my name was Valda Henry. And so when I left um, high school, I went to this Dominica's um, civil call. And I, as I said last night on a in previous interview, my sister Connie always said that even if I didn't get these elevens, I could never reg say I regretted those two years because they were so formative for me. And what is so interesting about this civil call, our grouping of 1981 to 83, we kind of always remain connected. And right now we were instrumental in establishing the Cifocal Dominica, Cifocal Alumni Association that has begun doing great things in Dominica and I can only see it growing. And from sixth form, I went and I taught at the Dominica Community High School for two years. And I left there and I went to UWE. When I came back after three years, I was made the coordinator of the administrative reform program. The government had undergone previously a reform of the civil service the administrator had gone on study leave and the acting administrator was also leaving. So in the end, I um, fit into that role and I stayed for three years um, as the coordinator of the ERP, where we did tremendous work um, going on to implement the recommendations that arose from the study that was done by one of the key persons in that study was Mr. Clavis Joseph of Antigua and Barbuda, who recently passed. And... Um, job descriptions, job evaluations, rewriting of job description were done chiefly by Mrs. Rhoda George and Ms. Yolanda Giro, who is now deceased. And I was the coordinator, I was the head of the team. And that was kind of interesting because um, Mrs. George, when I was younger, going to high school, we, leave, we were neighbors in Canefield, 12th Street. And many a time, Mrs. George would give me, or if I was extremely early, would give me a ride into town to school. And fast forward a few years, I come into the service relatively young, 22, I think I was 23. And one of the persons I am to supervise is Mrs. George. And I must say, you know, while a lot of persons had, you know, whatever they wanted to serve Mrs. George, I work so well with Mrs. George because Mrs. George is really a, a professional. Uh, Okay, I think you may have frozen for a minute, so let me jump in here and just say good morning to everyone who's joining us via Facebook Live. I see Heather Peltier, I see Roma Douglas, Agnes, Tang, Annette, thank you for being here as we try to reconnect with uh, Dr. Henry. Let me go ahead and send her a quick message. I think her internet may have frozen on us. So how is everyone doing? Thank you for sneaking in and watching us while you're at work um, this morning. So just give me a quick minute and let me see if we can reconnect with Dr. Henry. Let me let her know that um, she is frozen. So she can come back in. So don't forget to share the live, let everyone know that we are here this morning for this very important conversation with Dr. Valder Henry, who we now know has become the very first ECCB female deputy governor. So don't forget to share the live, let everyone know that we're here. And by the way, while we have a couple of minutes, I see that Annette Phillips, is on the Facebook Live, and she will be our guest 
um, this evening at about 7 p.m. And I hope that you will stop by to support her in her journey as well. Because if anyone knows Annette, she is full of life, she is full of enthusiasm. And I think it is so important that we support our own. So I hope that you will stop by to support Annette this evening. And I know she cannot wait. So I hope that you will stop by and support her. So I think Dr. Henry is coming back in. No, so I you come back in. Dr. Henry, that is technology for you. You don't even need to apologize. That's okay. It happens to me too. So don't even worry about it. Let's just go take it out from where we you, yes, you so ended. I think my end was when I spoke about um, being in the civil service as yes. the coordinator of administrative reform program after I returned from UWE. And I served in that role for three years. And then I left to do my master's in business administration, 91 to 93. I returned in 93. I worked for two weeks in the Ministry of Trade with Mr. Um, Owen Larrock, um, former secretary. And then I left and I went to UWE. So I did one year at UWE in 93, 94. I left UWE in 94 to go to the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank as an investment officer. And I stayed there for four years. I was in the role of senior investment officer. I left. I went to do my PhD and I returned. I worked with my sister with Co-Inc, um, Ronilla Williams firm for maybe about three years. And then I branched out on my own in 2005, informally November 2005. Mm -hmm. And in March 96, I officially incorporated VF Inc. Um, so that basically has been my journey um, during my 15 years, so VF Inc. Um, celebrated its 15th birthday on March 9th, um, 2006. We've done tremendous work at the region. Last year, we were moving offices. We were moving from rented space to our own space. And in the moving, I came across like reports for some clients I'd even forgotten we had done work for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that's when I truly appreciated the depth and the breadth of work. I have done over the years mm -hmm. tremendous work with and companies from all over the place, you know, for the OECS, Wider Caricom, Turks and Caicos, done some work in Africa, Namibia, um, done some work in South Africa. Um, there's a few, when I was studying, the UNESCO had appointed me on the experts on social security. And together with a team, we had gone to the South Africa to advise the government of South Africa on social security measures um, for South Africa. Oh, uh, so that was, and then I've done conferences. I presented at many conferences. Mm -hmm. A lot of it on social security uh, because that's what my PhD is looking at how governance um, impact the financial performance of social security. So it, it straddles a few disciplines, governance, finance, and social security. And so in my early years, I did a lot, a lot of work on social security. I also served as the chairperson of the Dominica Social Security Board. And then, you know, I moved on and have just been working. Yeah, <laughs> well... Yes, well, well, thank you so much for your valuable contribution to the business in Dominica, but we also know that you do so much more than just that. But one of the things we like to do on this program to help inspire and motivate others is we like to talk about successes and challenges along the way. So are there any challenges that you can share with us and some major successes? You already talked about some of your successes, but just tell us, because I'm sure that you faced some challenges along the way that could have stopped you in your track, but you kept going. Oh, there are so many challenges. Even yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine and he said, you know, he saw a picture of mine um, on the DNO story. And he's like, oh, Valerie, you look so the happy there, you know, yes. like, and if I said, but that's not a new picture. That picture is a picture of 2007 mm -hmm. when I had just opened VF Inc. And I told him I was in my full bloom of joy and happiness. And where I was really very naive and I took everyone. And he says, but, um, but I don't see you as cynical. I said, well, no, I'm not cynical. I've tried. I have worked never to become that though. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had, I've had some experiences that 
I that could lead me there, but Absolutely. I took the decision that I was not going to get there. Absolutely. Um, my father used to always say to us, we should not never go down to meet people, we should challenge them to come to find us. Mm -hmm. And so if you did me something wrong, I wasn't going to do you back because mm -hmm. then I'll be coming to find you. Right. So I would have to take the high road, you know. And um, so yes, I ex explained some of it to him, and I'll, and I'll maybe just share some of it. I won't go into the great details of it. Even last evening on another program, I spoke of it. I said to persons, I know people see me, and because I'm always joyful and I'm always happy, because one of my sisters, Cleopatra, one of the things she always says about me is that I'm a contented soul. I I I, I find joy even, and I think that's one of my strengths, even at my worst. Even when things are just not working out, even when I cannot see a light at the end of the tunnel, I can still find something to be joyful about. Mm -hmm. I can still find something to, to give thanks and praise for. And I think that is one of my strengths. That is what has kept me and has helped me and even to bring me to this point where I'm now in this place and this space where I can accept this position as a deputy governor of the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank. I mean, if we start with challenges, where does it begin first? At six years, I lost my mom. Wow. For many persons, that's a derailing moment. Um, but thankfully, because of the love of my family, my father, my elder sisters, who just really stepped in as mothers for us, we stayed on the straight and narrow path. We were surrounded with love. Our aunts, you know, as I always say about my Auntie Voni and my Uncle Asinol and Uncle Tum. And so these, um, my, these were my mother's siblings. They enveloped us in love. They didn't have great money to give, but you knew that they, they had us covered. And everybody knew that in the village they couldn't interfere with us because they would have to deal with my aunts and uncles on that end and their children too. You know, right. we continue to be close. My father's sisters, Auntie May, nurse, you know, they stepped in to take us even after my mom died. But then my brothers came back for us about maybe three months later and said, no, they would do, they would take care of us. My eldest brothers, Edgar, Mayo, and so on, they did. My father and my sisters came back. So that was what well, somebody could say that was a big challenge, but you know, did it well. Even throughout, and I shared these stories last night, so I'm even going to share it again. But mm -hmm. even in terms of getting my scholarships to go and do my first degree, to do my second degree, again, challenge. But because I was so, I, I said to people sometimes, I'm so tunnel vision, and nothing will stop me. I find an obstacle, I find a way around it, under it, above it, I move along. And then even in, in consultancy, one of the things, you know, I, I, I have come to recognize is that human beings are not always what they appear to be. And yes, I maybe always knew that, but I always say, I give you, I trust first, and you'd have to really do something for me to not trust you. So I take everybody on face value as good and wonderful until they prove me otherwise. And a few people have gone on to prove me otherwise. Mm -hmm. Notwithstanding, that have not allowed me to become disillusioned so much that I don't trust. I still trust. Some of my friends think I'm so naive, but I'm not naive. I just, as I say to them, I've just determined what is important and not important. So I don't sweat many things that people would sweat over, I don't. And I always bring that back to the fact that from very early, given that my mom died at six, I recognize that we are here, but for the grace of God. Amen. So, I, so very early, um, I don't, my friends always say, well, you don't get vexed, I get vexed. But I know when I get vexed, I can be so When I really get vexed, I lose reason, you know? So I try not to go there. And um, in business, we've had, I've had contracts, but um, Envy have stepped in and persons have done whatever they did. And I remember the first million dollar project we were, would have signed on to in 2013. We already had the discussion. We didn't sign the contract on the contract, but we had all the correspondence through the emails and even letters. We had begun work because it was for a reputable organization, gone work. And then when one of the officers came and recognized that and she did all sorts of stuff. And in the end, I could have sued um, that client, but because um, as they said, it was there. In fact, that has happened to me on three occasions, three different clients and three different, well, four. And on each occasion, I could have sued because on each occasion, I had either a signed contract or written confirmation of the contract and work had begun. So in all of them, and, and, and I would stand a very good chance of winning those cases. But, you know, I didn't. 
And some people thought, oh, I was, you know, that was just being silly. But I didn't. I said, you know what, whatever God has in store for me will be mine. Absolutely. I think that what is yours is yours, cannot be taken away. Notwithstanding, there may be obstacles. And did these contracts that disappeared from us that we had started working on, did it cause some hardship for us? Of course it did. Mm -hmm. But it didn't. Because 15 years later, we are still standing. Amen. And I say to people, God is an amazing God. And I don't know how people cannot believe that there is a God. Because I remember the individual who was instrumental. There were two of them in us losing that $1.5 million project. It was $1.5 million over three years. And they just felt it was just too much money for mm -hmm. me. But these are the same people who would sign $20 million project for someone with a different color tone from mine outside of the region, outside of Dominica. Amazing. And that is something about our people, about us yeah. as yeah. Caribbean people we have to work on. That latent, insidious envy. Mm -hmm. And I, envy is the word I can use for that, of others. So it's not good enough for them. We want it to ourselves. But taking it away from me, didn't give it to you. Mm -hmm. but don't mind giving it to someone else. Because that one of these individuals went on to sign a $20 million contract for another, for another person outside of this, who in the end didn't ever exactly do a great job of what they were um, paid that kind of money for. But that, you know. And I and I just took these things in stride. I shouldered the, 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 the losses because you can imagine what that did to us. Because Absolutely. again, when you are bidding for those kinds of projects and you get it, you kind of leave all the little projects aside because mm -hmm. that requires you to focus. To focus. You want to go through on this. So you have to give that dedicated time, dedicated attention, hire some of the best. We had hired people already for that project. We had actually paid out because, you know, for some of the consultants, you have, you know, so we had not yet signed off and received payment, but because of the institution and the reputation, we ended up paying off on some of these assignments. Some of the clients, who, um, consultants were good enough and refunded us, one or two didn't. That's part of the game. I didn't expect them to refund, but some of two, when they realized it hadn't gone through, or I was giving it up. And, and, and that has happened on every project. Even recently, after um, COVID lockdown in 2020, we got this project, this opportunity for outside of Dominica. Wonderful opportunity in the midst of all of this COVIDness. Because when COVID started, as I said, while we 2020 looked to be such a great year for us, we had projects booked up till June. Wow. And then COVID came and they just like acrocadabra disappeared. Wow. And um, and so I didn't just voop, voop, disappear with COVID because I realized. COVID was going nowhere and we had to still survive. Mm -hmm. And so I, when I took about two weeks to rest and then I won around, I started my newsletter. I am ready to do a, a issue. Um, I went, started my gardening um, and then I free service until the lockdown was over. Mm -hmm. Some of them yeah, and I think you and I think and I think you speak so very well of turning lemons into lemonade, the yeah. importance of family support, the importance of the people that you're surrounded by, the importance of not being bitter, and yes. the importance yes. of knowing that what is out there for you. And I firmly believe that no one can take what is out there for you. And with that, I just want to um, say hello and thank you for joining us for the folks on the Facebook Live. So we have Richard Saint Marie. And he says, hi, congrats to Dr. Valder at the appropriate time. Please ask her to define the role of the deputy governor. So we will get into that. We have Elsa, good morning. <laughs> Agnes says, beautiful. Yvonne, congrats again, Valder. Mutual respect and admiration. Much love and blessings. And we have Noreen Joseph. So a lot of congratulations coming in. Congratulations you. on your evaluation, she says. And Noreen Joseph, when stuff like that happens to me, I just say it wasn't mine. God yeah. always knows best. What is yours is yours. I so firmly believe that, Dr. Henry. I know I can take it from you. And I think that, it, and I think all, that is what keeps me and what is what. And one of the other things that keeps me. You know, Psalm 25, where it says, 
the Lord shall not give your enemies victory over you. Amen. And, and that for me, and I say that to God, even when I'm praying and things are not happening, I say, you know, you know what you're doing, you know. Yes. And one thing I am sure of, you are not going to give these enemies victory over me. You're not going to do that at nope. all. And nope. that also keeps me grounded. <laughs> and we have to we have to pray for we have to pray for our enemies. We have to pray yes. for those who don't like yes. us. Yes, even in the midst of COVID, and something had happened to me too. Two major things that could have derailed me. Because even when I told, I haven't told many people about them. And even when I told, you know, some of my very close friends and you know my family, they're like, one friend said, No, I've I couldn't give up. I couldn't, I just couldn't let that go. How you did. And no, I did. And my sisters were amazed that I didn't like go throwing myself down and doing nothing. And I just said, you know what? I said, God, when the first incident when it happened and I found out about it, it happened and I found out about it accidentally. Um, when I just went to check on something for a friend of mine and I just decided to check on my own stuff. And then I just said, you know, and I was talking to Father Peter that night and Father Peter was telling me about his day and he was trying to do this recording and it wasn't going. Blah, blah, blah. I said, well, Father, let us trade days now. Mm -hmm. Give me the day of yours and let me give you mine. And when I told him, Father Peter, what? Like, what? Father Peter was horrified. And I said, well, Father, you know what? I'm calm. This is interesting. I said, you know, God is saying to me, I'm to rely on him for all things. Amen. I'm just, I'm just rely on him and let him do his work. I am just to be a pawn, to be used wherever he wants me to go. And I'm going to do that. Amen. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. And then in the November, I was up four days before I, I'm traveling. I put everything in place. Babysitters of my children, person to keep my office. I put everything in place and I was heading all because although I was trying to say, can I work remotely? And they're like, no, 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 you have to be based in the country for the first four months. After that, you can maybe come back to work and so on. So I was off for my four months. And I said, four months, I'm not going to move Nathan and bring him to school. And, you know, already he was critically. And I, and I tussled with that. And I said, boy, God, even before, I'd always said, grade six, I wanted to stick grounded, you know, put so I could nurture and work with Nathan. Yes. Nathan is a brilliant boy, but if you're not sitting next to him, the mm -hmm. child I've never found a person. Like most children. Like most children. That one I can I've never found a person who can distract himself like that Nathan of mine. Seated next to Nathan. Otherwise Nathan and the book alone not know what they're doing. Eh? <laughs> and um and so when it didn't happen when I got this call bright and early in that four days before I left I, Normally, I don't pack early, but I was packed and ready to go. And I said, you know, after I listened and, and the story they gave me made no sense. And I said that to her. I said, you know, that's nonsense. What you're saying to me, that's not the reason. Mm -hmm. yeah, you cannot divulge it, but what you're saying mm -hmm. to me made no sense. Mm -hmm. No sense. Understand? Not mm -hmm. even Nathan. I just cut that off. Mm -hmm. And I hung up my phone and then I sat and I said, you know what, God? I always said I want you to be here for grade six, and maybe this is what you're saying, be here for grade six. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we had other things, opportunities came. We got a contract with one of our clients um, who had taken up our offer when we offered the free service and when they wanted to continue work. And so we got, you know, some work there. We got a lot, interestingly, a lot of things were coming in for, because we, we then hired all, got all fantastic marketing intern. Christiana Paul and she started really zooming up our revving up our, our social media presence because really I come I make her life, I disappear, I I wasn't managing these things. Eh? Right. And, so important too, though. So important oh, too. Yes, and flyers and beautiful things, vibrant things. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of persons were calling in for personal advice services. And so we did a lot of that. We did a lot of recruitment. Some of recruitment was coming back, although there was COVID and people were retrenching. There was a set of persons who were hiring because now they also needed new skills. Mm -hmm. And so we did that and we, you know, started to keep our little head about over water. I moved because we, when we went to property, I had this property we had built for a long we had I bought a number of years ago. And, but it was rented out. And in March, beginning of March, end of February, really, the clients we had in the building moved out. And when everybody's like, my mom, I remember my brother saying, oh my God, what are you going to do? I said, no, that's perfect. Perfect timing. I think it's time I move in. And so in the July, we moved in last year. Mm -hmm. I renamed the building after my parents. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, 
yes, I could have people wanted to rent it and they rent it, but nah, I just felt Absolutely. that was the move at this time. And I did that. And I turning obstacle, obstacles into opportunities no again. Regret on that. And then, you know, things got really bad. We got, we went through like kind of a low patch and contracts ended, projects disappeared, persons coming into things. And then, it, and then, you know, something happened. A friend of mine, John Underwood, contacted me because of a client. I know her. I know her. I've had her on the program. Fantastic so, lady. Fantastic human being. I mean, yes. I met Joan. Joan was one of the persons who gave me my first opportunities yes. when I went out on my Before I went out on my she's in Barbados now. At the time, she was the HR manager for ABI yes. Bank. Yes. And she was she gave me a big break there. Mm -hmm. So Joan, forever thankful yes. for her. In fact, we had and for the first PCWS. She was one of our phenomenal Caribbean women mm -hmm. uh, we featured. And um, and then she you know she came back and back and forth, and then she said, you know, um, they come back for questions. She did it urgently, and then I didn't hear anything again. And like I said, I had to follow up with Joe. And then months later, I just said, well, okay, maybe they change their mind. I am doing a search for something, and it comes up. Now these people responded now to info, but every correspondence was done on CEO. Yet somehow they responded to info. Oh my! That comes to me, but I don't go in with that often. If I'm on, I see what. So you did not see it. I did not notice it, but my secretary gets it, and she goes there. But somehow she didn't see it either. And Harris is saying that I was successful in getting this project. All we now need to agree on is on the fees. And I was like, "What?" I was like, "In March." My my my. And when I saw that email, like maybe in June. I rose and I said, oh my God, I cannot believe this. this is hope again, so. Oh, wow. And after I haven't gotten none of the response. And I said, but God, you're not easy, no? You know, <laughs> at that point, our other, because one of the contracts we had with our client that ended in February, something else we had that ended in early yeah, March. And this was in March. We were, and we were going in with like no projects. And there was this project and it would have been a size of a project. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I said, you know this, and you allowed it to come and disappear. It came to my hands, and it just disappeared. I didn't even see it. And then I said, "Okay, Valden, maybe again that wasn't for you. It wasn't for you. Again, if you had gotten it, you'd have gotten so engrossed in both that project and that. And then the mm -hmm. opportunity for the deputy governor that came again. Mm -hmm. Where that's why I say that's God. That's even not about me. Um, Joan, George, and Joan. I'm sorry, I'm calling your name." Mm -hmm. I know Joanna. I mean, you know, so I got to know Joanna just very recently because she was the one trying to establish and get going the Dominica Commonwealth Scholars alumni. Mm -hmm. and, and she's done tremendous work, but alas, it's a hard work and she's trying and, you know. So alumni, we have to do a little better to be yes. And she called me one morning and she said, Doc, I just got this thing that the, um, the deputy governor's position is going to be, it's been advertised. Someone sent it to me, but that's not for me. That's for you when I read it. I said, that's weird. I said, no, I don't know about it. I mean, I have enough connections. Contact, I think that contacts. I mentioned that. And right. I said, this is the deputy governor's tenure already up this year. And she said, but I have the ad. I said, you have the ad. So while she's talking to me, I Googled and I went on the website and there was nothing. So I said, but there's nothing mm -hmm. on the website. And Anyhow, she said she sent it to me, and voila, yes, indeed. So I called one of my you know, friends at the ECCB, and I said, she said, you know, that just came out on the internet. And they were just there saying, they show it in half an hour. It will be all over the Caribbean, even before they post it. Absolutely. But typically, they post things in-house before they put it onto the website. At least at the end. And here I am. It's not even a half an hour since the post went out in, on the internet that I'm calling. And she said, yes. I said, okay. And then when I saw it, I contacted a friend of mine. I called him and I said, you know, the deputy governor's post has been advertised. It's not yet on the website, but I do have the, um, the, uh, the vacancy notice. I'm going to send it to you because I think you should apply. Hmm. I think you'd be a great deputy governor. And he says, no, nah, I'm about to retire. No, no, no. No, it's for you. It's for you. you know? I said, no, I think you. I said, I might apply too, but I think you're ready ought to apply. Because you're I trying think, to pass it along. You know, I think. But God is thinking it's I for really you. He would be a good choice. Yes. He would be a good choice. 
And then a friend of mine called about something. So one of my mentees, I was mentoring her. You know, she was applying for a position and that we'd gone through the process. And I, she contacted me and I said, you know, that's, um, yeah. and she said, oh, um, the MD had mentioned it and, you know, she was saying, so I said, yes, I have it and I'll forward it to you. And yeah, you can apply for it, you know. And I forwarded it to her and I had mine. And I was like, should I apply? Should I not apply? And then a few <laughs> friends had been it. And then one friend I said to her, she said, what nonsense about should you apply? That's not a question of course. Really? Again, I started weighing things. VFing. I said, I apply for this job. I get it. My VFing. Yes. I be actively involved in VFing. Yes, we've had some really rough times. But things mm -hmm. look, and even while there's nothing really on the horizon, but things look like it's picking up. Because I just had the sense, eh? And Nixon George can attest to that. Because uh, <clears throat> earlier in the year I said that to Nixon. I, that, I said, Nixon, I just cannot tell you what it is. But my bones are saying that 2021 is going to be my year. Mm -hmm. I think you in that year too. And he said he had the same feeling. I said, there's nothing really on that horizon per se. I have this local projects, but they're ending just now. But I just, deep in my spirit, I just felt I was going to be moved somewhere. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you where. In fact, from last year, I started feeling that. And that's why even in terms of mass camp, I had written to them, the, oh, and I yes. said, you know, folks, yes. we need to begin to find a replacement for me. Yes. I, I am going to give up, you know, mm -hmm. the leadership of the mass camp. I'll always mm -hmm. be the best, but someone else, people need to step in mm -hmm. take over. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have anything. That was last year, and they could attest to that. Mm -hmm. I just, in my spirit, there was this, I always say people, when it's time for me to make a move, there's like a restlessness in my spirit. Mm -hmm. My bones are talking, as I like to say. And sometimes it shows me where I may go. Sometimes it doesn't. And in that case, I didn't see anything. I just knew I was going to be shifted and moved. I just didn't know where. Yes. So here you are trying to pass this opportunity along to others. And God is saying, no, it's for you. Yeah. And I kept still debating. Should I? Should I not? And I didn't apply. And then I contacted a few persons. I said, okay, for references. And then I spoke to one lady. And she always says, I give her the credit for being the person who pushed me to mm -hmm. the end. When my family members said, yeah, man, go for it. My brother in he said, I like ask anybody in the region who could get that job over you based on your qualifications and so forth. And I spoke to her this Sunday. The deadline was a Tuesday. And I said, you know, I said to her, you know, we're talking, would you give me a reference? I said, oh, but I'm still debating that I should apply for that, but I do. She says, well, there's no debating. You shall apply for this position. It's like I'm thinking, she said, listen to me. This is your time. Mm -hmm. I sense it is your time. You You've done the work. work. You've done the work. And she kept calling me. Have you applied? Have you done this thing? Have you done this? Have you... I said, okay, no, I'm the revising the CV. Um, you know, put in the lens. She's like, how long does it take? I was like, no, I have to go and try to craft the CV, you know, to ensure that it is in line. And that was everything. And I crafted, I crafted the CV, sent it out to three of my friends for them to give me um, feedback. I prepared the letter. We had something else to do. I kind of did it. And coming up to the morning, I actually called my other friend who I, I sent it to, and I said, remember, today's the deadline, huh? You cannot be late. I said, I am not yet, I'm not yet completely finished, but I'm working on finishing. She said, I'm finished. I'm just doing my readover. And I was in the morning, and she's going to submit in the morning. And so she submitted, and then I'm still working. And the, the, the deadline is approaching, and I'm, but I'm still fine-tuning something. Read that. Uh, every time I read something, I can always find something to change. Oh, Absolutely. And then about half an hour before the deadline, I say, okay, Valda, this is it. It has to go. Yeah. Any errors, whatever is there has to be there. I said, my little spirit. And I pushed my buttons and it went off. Yeah. And I, I want to find out what, um, what you felt when you uh, realized that you had gotten the position. But I want to make sure we go back to that question that Richardson Mary asked about the position, but before we even do, for those of us who are less familiar with the ECCB, can you tell us what is the ECCB? 
The ECCB is the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank. And the Eastern Caribbean Central Bank is the central bank for the eight ECCB countries called the Eastern, or the ECCU countries, the Eastern Caribbean Currency Union, because that's a union of eight countries because we share the same currency. The Eastern Caribbean dollar is used in all eight countries. And these eight countries are Ant Anguilla, Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada, Dominica, Montserrat, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. These are the eight um, um, member countries. We get a dollar among ourselves and we can travel anyway, it's the same money. And the, the role of the ECCB, like all of the central bank, one of the main roles is for the stability of the currency. Because right. you don't want your currency fluctuating so much because then if it fluctuates and it falls, then it greater hardships for your people. So the stability, and in the case of the ECCB, the Eastern Caribbean dollar is pegged to the US dollar. According to the agreement, the 1983 CCB agreement, the, the, the peg must be maintained by at least 60% backed. That means that for every EC dollar in circulation in the eight member territories, there must be 60 US cents in reserves. So that way, while that the reserves are to shore it up. So let us say bad things happen, hurricanes and so on, they are the reserves to ensure that the currency does not dip. Plummet, yeah. Over the years, ECCB has maintained almost 100% backing of the currency. So it has, so although it was meant to be 60, it has an extra buffer of at least 40 cents, 40%. Mm -hmm. And that means for every EC dollar circulating in our eight member states, there is a US dollar in reserve. Mm -hmm. if, there are 10 million, if there's 10 million US dollars in circulation, ECCB has 10 million US dollars mm -hmm. in reserve to provide um, security and shorty for it. It's also to strengthen and enhance the financial sector, again, to for stability in our financial sector. Because you know, the financial sector is so critical for growth and economic development. So let us say persons lose confidence in our banking system, what's going to happen? Catastrophes. You remember what happened in 2008 with the global oh, financial yeah. crisis? So again, that's one of the rules of ECCB, and that's why ECCB has a whole division called the Bank Supervision Department, whose job it is to monitor and control the operations of the banks to ensure that they are in compliance with prudential guidelines that have been established. That's another key role. Another role is to um, to promote fiscal and debt sustainability, um, working with governments so that the governments maintain their debt, um, monitor the, you know, the fiscal policies, that is taxation policies and so on, that things may um, remain stable and to keep, because again, eight countries and you have to try to to manage the economies of eight countries to ensure the stability and so they they, they guide and help the government in making the decisions on debt um management strategies you know recently in Dominica we had the um the whole issue when the uh, act was going to be passed in parliament about mm -hmm. the, the reserves and what sense and so forth and so on. that made a big story and part of that is, is a whole part of the debt management. Um, but again, it's maybe the, the need for education and sensitization um, mm -hmm. of persons. And so the, the governments um, themselves have taken a decision that they wanted to reduce their, their debt um, ratio to about 60% of their GDP. Initially, it was up to 2030 by 2030. But because of the pandemic, that had been pushed back right. to 2035. And so it means that the eight member states have to take different measures to ensure that they can meet that target that they've established. And ECCP will guide and help them in that, as well as um, to support economic development. These are some of the, um, the, the, the goals, if you go to ECCB, um, agreements you will find. And then the governor, part of his whole aim in the decision, yes, that's what they, we have to do. But his only aim, as he says, is to be propelled, to advance, and transform the lives of the people of the region. And, and let me just let me.
a reminder, this episode of Untapped Potential is brought to you through the kind compliments of Miss Angela C. Charles. She is a wonderful Dominican author, and she's the author of Cece's Journey, as well as When God is Silent. So for more information, please check out her website, AngelaCharlesArthur.com. So again, AngelaCharlesArthur.com for more information as we continue to support and promote our Dominican talent. So again, a special good evening to you, Angela, and thank you for being the sponsor of this episode of Untapped Potential. Don't forget to check out her website, AngelaCharlesArthur.com for more information. congratulations to Dr. Valda Henry on her new position. I am sure that she will do well to represent Dominica to the best of her ability. And now I just realized that my fan is giving a little bit of some background noise. So I went ahead and turned it off. So I hope that the audio is a little bit clearer as the fan is off. You know, unfortunately, it's still summer down here in Georgia. Uh, the AC is on at my house, but it always helps to have a fan directly <laughs> on you during this sweltering summer. So I went ahead and turned off the fan. So let me just apologize if you were hearing some background noise before. So let's move along with the program. As we talked about before, I have this clip for you on the importance of taking a break from work. So just about anything that you're doing right now, whether you work in the office, you're back to working in the office, or you're still working from home, I encourage you to always take a break from work. You know, when I worked, uh, I work completely online now, but I just remember when I worked in uh, an office, the way folks would just sit in that office from 7.30 in the morning, sometimes till 8 p.m. at night, have their dinner delivered, have their lunch delivered. And I just always thought of, on, of how unhealthy that was. So this particular uh, gentleman, a man named David Burke, he does an excellent job of reminding us of the importance of taking a break, taking a walk outside to rejuvenate and the ability to be able to solve problems simply from taking a break. So take a listen to Mr. David Burke on how to take a break from work and then come back. Stay tuned as we wind down the hey program. Friends, Dave Burke is here. Welcome back to The Daily Burke. And today we are talking about something a little bit lighter, but something you are probably um, not doing enough in your work life, and that is taking a break. We're talking about how do you take a break from work. Now, I, I've talked about this a little bit before. One of the most fascinating things for me is that the, the research actually kind of shows that we work in these kind of 60 to 90 minute bursts of, of energy. And so every about 90 minutes, you should be taking a, a short break. At the very least, if you think about an eight hour workday, in addition to your lunch break in the middle, we should be thinking about a mid morning and a mid afternoon break, maybe a, a little bit different depending on kind of your chronotype, morning person, evening person, etc. But you know, at least some of those and we have to be adding those back in. And unfortunately, the way most of us are, are working and we get to the office, we pull open the email inbox and we're sitting in that email inbox until the first kind of morning meeting. We rush to that morning meeting and then we've got meetings stacked on meetings. We're never actually taking that long break. So today I want to share kind of two tips when you take that break to make sure that you are actually um, using that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes for all that it's worth that you can rest and recharge and come back doing better work. Now, tip number one, really, really simple. Go outside. There's a ton of research on the power of daylight, the power of nature. Um, I don't want to get into a whole monologue about Japanese forest bathing here, but like just getting outside and getting around nature not only provides a deeper sense of rest, but it unlocks certain um, creative flows in human psychology and things that you're going to need when you get back to the office trying to solve problems. So go outside. Number two, leave your phone inside or, or, or wherever it is, whatever, whatever drags you back into the office. As, as distance from the workplace as you can get, 
the better your, your break will be and the more recharged your mind. I mean, I've, I've been talking about this for uh, the better part of a decade in terms of the research around incubation, stepping away, pulling back from a problem and focusing on something else. Take a walk. I usually recommend if I can throw in a third to grab someone else, take a walk and make sure you're talking about something non-work related so that you're getting that distance. You're having a social interaction too, which is hugely important and you're doing it outside or at least in nature. Two and a half really, really quick tips to make sure that you are taking better breaks at work because we know that time away from work makes work better. So we need to be harvesting these breaks as... as You are listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the US and the UK and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. Just a reminder of the importance of taking that much-needed break during the day to stay rejuvenated, to stay at the peak of your performance. So I hope that you found the information useful and it is something that you will be able to apply to your daily life. So thank you. Thank you for being here for another episode of Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. It is always wonderful to be able to spend this hour as we get powered up for the week ahead. So, of course, we have some featured videos for you on my website, pushpast10.com, P-U-S-H-P-A-S-T, the number 10.com. And this week, our featured video, of course, will be the rest of the video of Dr. Valda Henry, as well as the promotional video for Annette uh, Philip who just signed on as our latest sponsor. And again, we thank her for sponsoring and believing in Untapped's potential. But again, as a featured video, we also have Sase Nu. We had the episode last week and we featured Rachel Schillingford, the author of Tea Matador, as well as the legendary Gregory Rabess. If you're from Dominica, you certainly know the cultural icon, Gregory Rabess. He has a new song called Tet Kalbas, <laughs> a very interesting song. And he, they both were generous enough to stop by for Sase New last Wednesday. So they are our featured videos. Now, speaking of which, if you ever are looking for the videos that were featured videos on the website, you will also notice that there's a link to the YouTube channel where we keep all our videos. So again, if you're looking for a particular video that you're unable to find, you can click on the link that says YouTube channel for all the great videos that we have posted in the past. So we're back at it next week. We're back right here on TDN Radio for another episode of Untapped Potential. And this time, speaking of music, we will be joined by Mr. Tyrone Azil, a young Dominican living out there in Anguilla. And he is a rising reggae star and so much more. He's a teacher. He's an inspiration for young men in his community. And he is so much more. So I invite you to come back and hang out with us next Tuesday, 5.30 Eastern Time, right here on TDN Radio as we catch up with uh, Tyrone Azil and he tells us all about his interesting life story. So again, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure being here with you each and every Tuesday. And I look forward to being in your company next week at the same time. So until then, don't forget the challenges that you're facing today. Uh, the challenges you have faced in the past have prepared you for the challenges that you're facing today. So remember to tap into your potential, stay strong, stay positive, and stay active until we get together next week. At the same time, you have yourself a wonderful week.